Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we are going to talk about the balance of the divine feminine, the divine masculine, and the misconceptions around these energies. So we are welcoming a guest named Heather Allison. And Heather is the founder of a mystery school called Golden Goddess. And I was looking forward to this conversation with her because within this realm, there is a lot of talk about the divine feminine. Uh, interestingly, I always wonder why the divine masculine is left out of the conversation, but we could go down a rabbit hole on that. But however, um, the divine feminine and also what she calls the primordial feminine is the primary focus of the conversation today, although she does touch on why our relationship to both of these energies are important to us individually. And Heather will point out that this has nothing to do with gender. This is all about the energy, the nature of our design and how relationship to these energies are very impactful to us. So I can't wait to hear your thoughts, what comes up for you around this conversation. If you want to learn more about Heather and her work, you can visit her website, primordialfeminine.com, or you can find her on Instagram at I am Heather Allison. And that Allison has two L's, <laughs> but you can find all of that down in the show description. I also want to remind you because we're getting really close to the annual Reiki Rays Reiki Healing Summit. And this is a global summit where Reiki teachers and authors and practitioners were interviewed globally. I mean, literally all different countries and with all different topics and points of view about Reiki itself, the practice, and how to support you in your understanding of this beautiful expression. So um, as many of you know by now, I had the opportunity to co-host the Healing Summit this year with um, Andrea Kennedy and you can still register to access the event. Go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, and you will see a button to get your tickets or just to register. If you register, you get access to four interviews right away. If you get a ticket, you have unlimited access to all of the interviews that are within the summit. If you don't get an actual ticket, you can still watch the interviews for free only on the days that they launch. And this will be over, I believe, a six-day period. So either way, be sure to go to my website, register. If you want access to watch at your own convenience, get a ticket. But there's so much that you can learn and uh, just so many fascinating conversations. Um, I can tell you just from a couple of the interviews off, off of the top of my head that I got to conduct, I got to interview two of my teachers. I did an interview with Franz. I did an interview with Arjaba. I also got to interview one of our recent guests, um, Nicholas Pearson, and he spoke all about Reiki and shamanism. I also had the beautiful opportunity to interview both of the women who wrote the book, Women in Reiki, which is an amazing book. So, and, and so much more. So <laughs> go to my website and you can register for that event today. And while you're there, be sure to get your limited edition copy of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle. Uh, there's so much more content <laughs> and information that will be shared about the deck. So you wanna have yours in hand so that you can play, explore, and come into deeper relationship with your own intuitive mind. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and I will see you on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Reiki Radio. Today we have a beautiful guest, Heather Allison. And Heather is going to talk to us about the misconceptions and even the importance of balancing the divine feminine and the divine masculine, which I am so excited. I have so many questions for you. I'm trying to think now, where do I start? But thank you so much for coming and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here, love. Yeah. Well, one of the first things I always like to just check in with people um, because our stories 
what really brings us into this work and how we fall into the rabbit hole is always fascinating to me. So I wanted to just ask you first, what got you interested in working with archetypes, even having any kind of care about the divine feminine and masculine? That's such a good question. And, and I have to say that I, you know, looking back now, I feel like there were these little beautiful seeds along the way, all throughout my life that I didn't have any idea were kind of guiding me in any direction, if that makes sense. Like I look back at them now and I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But, um, the big kind of the big shift for me was, um, when, well, a couple of things kind of led up to it. Well, first was I had a really toxic, toxic, damaging marriage. Um, and when I finally kind of like extricated myself from that, um, I had a lot of healing I had to do, um, and started dating. And I had a couple other relationships that were really lovely men, um, but they just, they both also didn't work out. And I found myself at, I think it was like 37 and on like about to be leaving another relationship. And I was like, ah, why am I getting this wrong? Like, what is going on? And I love that you mentioned the rabbit hole. Cause that's basically what I did. Like in the middle of the night with the, the Googling session, like, what am I, I just, I don't know. I had this feeling like there was just something I was missing. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of, I had this feeling like there was something that if I just figured that piece out, then everything else would kind of unlock for me. I kind of thought there was a key somewhere that I was going to find. Um, turns out I was right, but, uh, I, I found this woman's work who dealt with like love relationships through the lens of, of feminine and masculine and something just like felt resonant to me. Something, I felt like I recognized something really, I it was this feeling of like, there's something mythic and ancient that I recognized in, in her teachings. And I started working with it and it really felt like it was opening things up for me and my love relationships and my love life. And I was like, Oh my God, even inside of me. And I was like, Oh my God, this is working. I want all of the information. <laughs> and yeah. so I was like, maybe she teaches all of the information. And she did in a coach training uh, program. And I didn't know what a coach coach what like was, I had no experience with uh, the coaching industry at all. I didn't have any ideas about being a coach. I had a full-time job. I did, you know, um, but I wanted all of the information. So I, I signed up and it was supposed to start about six months later. Um, and I got laid off the day before training started and I was like, Oh, "Oh, okay. (laughs) This is, this is how we're doing this. Um, and I just let it kind of guide me. If that makes sense. I, I dove straight in, really immersed myself into the feminine and then ended up having, a really pretty profound spiritual awakening about six or eight, eight months later, which I attribute to having been so deeply immersed in the feminine because she is our access to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and started communing with a man I, uh, on the other side of the veil. I now call my cosmic teacher and um, he's been teaching me along with other guys who have come forward since, but has been really teaching me a lot of these energetics and the the kind of the quantum energetics of the masculine and feminine in a way that I hadn't heard or seen anybody else talking about it. Um, and so it very, very quickly blew up from this in a good way, (laughs) blew up from this, just like just relationships, just love relationships into being these energetics as they exist and as they play out, um, and influence our lives in every aspect and every component of our lives. Um, and so that's kind of how this work has, has evolved, but it definitely was the rabbit hole for me. It was like so much opened up very, very quickly within that span of time. Yeah. And so what you mentioned is one of the things we will get into, cause I want to know about, um, not just the misconceptions, but what can be understood of like, say the purified or the, the true essence of both of these energies, feminine and masculine, the divine. But there is a lot that we identify both of these archetypes as because of like culture and just even on personal levels, because of relationships that we have, we may start to identify feminine and masculine as being certain things on top of what our expectation of these energies are because of what society says they're supposed to be, right? So we have a lot of story around these energies. So could you first of all, just talk about like the common misconceptions of both, but how these misconceptions are even contributing to our imbalance and um, maybe the struggles that we have with connection to ourselves. 
A thousand percent. Yes. All of the things. And this is one of the things I have hard, like there's so much that wants to come through right now. Yes. So if I forget any part of that, please remind me. Um, okay. but, uh, the first thing I just want to touch on is it is you're absolutely right. Like the primary reason I think that we're, we've been dissociated from these archetypes in their purest form in their, in their truest form is because of the conditioning that we've had. How, typically how I talk about it is we've kind of been, Oh, I love this metaphor. I tend to use. It's like, we've been trying to run a race just using our like one leg, you know, and like trying yeah. to, and, and yeah. the other we haven't been using and y- you can do it, at, it's probably going to cause a lot of pain and it's probably going to be kind of slow and everything like right. that. But we've forgotten that we have this whole other side of our energetics that help us, that they're actually yeah. designed to kind of propel us forward and move us through our lives and all of that stuff. So we've been deeply conditioned. I call it kind of over-masculinized um, culturally, but just humanity itself, like the, the trajectory of our, of our world has really overvalued the masculine energetics. And I want to say too, just in case any of your listeners aren't like super familiar, we're not talking about men and women, um, male, female. Um, it's not gender-based at all. We all have both of them within us. It's, it's literally the yin and yang kind of forces within us. Um, and we've been rejecting actually and vilifying an entire half of our energetic system um, because we're associating with all these things that the world has taught us to devalue which is um you know she is softer she is more emotional she is deeper she is um uh less like all the things that we tend to value in the masculine tend to be things like um, you know, action and decisiveness and like doing and and building and like all of these things. And, and, and we've gotten so far away from, and actually been taught to vilify her. And so this work is very much about kind of coming back into that, but more than that, the, the true essence of them. Um, and so trying to remember what you were asking me, this is happens to me a lot as a mystic. I'm like, what is wanting to come through? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, so their, their true, their true essences really are, I have an archetypal grid that I like to share um, that really kind of outlines um, the, the primary essences, if you will, of each of these. And for her, for the feminine, it's very much the embodiment of sovereignty. And for him, it's very much the embodiment, uh, uh, sorry, the upholding of sovereignty. And so they work together to allow us to be our whole selves, our individuated selves, our Mm -hmm. soul aligned selves, if that makes sense. Um, Can you remind me of the second part of your question? Yeah. So I was talking about the misconceptions, like what it is that we've been taught, whether through society, family, and how those expectations of what feminine and masculine should be, and even our experiences with it, the judgment and the criticism, even the fears that we've adopted around these energies how that may contribute to our own personal imbalance and relationship with us yeah so one of the biggest misconceptions about her is really that there she's like weak or submissive Mm -hmm. or something lesser um when for me and how i've received her energetics is she's actually power she's actually raw undiluted untamed um, unconstrained power. Um, and then in the dance between the two of these archetypes, right, we need both of them. So this isn't about like overvaluing the feminine either. It's right. not about rejecting the masculine. We want both and we want them in their dance. Um, but what they do in their dance is she, she brings through the fullness of that power, not contorted and not, not partial and not just a, a fraction or a facet of her power, but the fullness of the power. And then, and then his energy is that of, um, like I said, kind of the upholding. And he, he's like the modulation. One of the ways that I talk about it in my mystery school, golden goddesses, um, a term I received from my cosmic teacher, um, that was frequency modulation where she's this full energetic frequency, like unbound and un, un, tainted and uncontorted and he's the modulation of it not in a way that's controlling of her energy Mm -hmm. but just in a way that's like providing support for it just in a way that's like creating the edges of it so that it can so that they can be creative co-creative if that makes sense um and so that's one of the one of the main things that I see that's a misconception about her um is that there's some sort of lesserness it's not a word but you know what I'm saying there's some sort of lesser 
aspect about her. Um, the other is just what I mentioned before, which is that there's the idea that it's, if you're a woman, you're necessarily, or you identify as a woman that you necessarily are more embodying of the feminine archetype. And a lot of times that's true, but it's not always true. There is no, there is no single rule. There is no single way. There's no one definition of how we embody her. We all have a ratio, I feel, and it's all, it's unique to each of us. Um, I do find though, that like in relationships, romantic relationships, there tends to be somebody holding a bit more of the feminine and somebody holding a bit more of the masculine, but gender, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, there are definitely going to be some women who feel more comfortable in the masculine and there are going to be some men who feel more comfortable in the feminine. Um, some of that for women or women who, uh, people who identify as women is also conditioning. So it gets a little tricky because we've been, like I said, we've been taught to fear that and, and reject it as, as something less than, um, but I always tell my clients, like if they're drawn to this work, then they definitely are more drawn to being in their feminine because they wouldn't even have any sort of attraction to this work at all. Um, but when we're not being given permission to embody our true archetypal makeup, if you will, like our true archetypal essence, then we're, then we're really just operating in a template provided by the world for us, if that makes sense, instead Mm -hmm. of really, and this is, this is kind of the gist and the core of the work that I do is when we're in our original energetic blueprint, if you will, our archetypal wholeness, then we are capable of bringing through exactly what our soul came here to do. We're really able to walk the path that we're being called into. Yeah, no, I love that. And there's two things that in what you shared stand out that I want to ask you about. One of the things is you bring to mind, especially putting emphasis on this really has nothing to do with gender. It's just about the energy and like literally the makeup of our true design, like who and what we are. But it makes me also think of um, how even though now, like say in modern times, the feminine has been put in a certain box and the masculine has been put in a certain box. But if we look at ancient cultures and we see this depiction of the goddess, the goddess Mm -hmm. in many forms, like there's the warrior and the ones, I mean, there's a lot of goddess energies that you really want to want to mess with. And that from our lens, we would put in the category of masculine, but it's still represented by the goddess. So I I think it's um, important to highlight too, like how multifaceted, the divine feminine is. And again, like we've been (laughs) relegated to this very small view, Mm -hmm. but I love that you highlight that we need both. And the reason is because, especially I think because so many of us have disassociated with the feminine and that's been obvious again, regardless of which body you're in or how you identify, a lot of us have disassociated because of the dominance of masculine, as you mentioned, but in that it's almost like masculine has been cast out as like this evil thing. And it's like, well, but then, then what? So like, even if you just heal the feminine and then the masculine is, you know, you go back to your analogy of only half balance. Right. So could you talk a little bit about um, like the importance of understanding and reclaiming both? Like what is the benefit just for you and your person, the person listening to the podcast right now, this has nothing to do with a relationship or anyone outside of you, just you as a being, what is the benefit of coming into relationship and understanding your feminine and masculine? Like, what is that going to give you mm-hmm. in your existence? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think one of the things that I, I'm kind of coming to understand that this work is about more and more and more is our like soul truth and our soul mm-hmm. calling and our, for lack of a better way of putting it, like our divine destiny, like the things yeah. that we can feel calling us, the things that we feel like we came here to this life for the things that we can feel wanting to kind of like be birthed through us or, or that we know we're meant to experience things like that for yeah. me. So there are, I talk about the feminine being like for, for the feminine within to kind of simplify her. I talk about her having kind of like three pillars of, of language, like how she communicates to us. And that's our intuition, our emotions and our sensations, like our physical soma. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you just even consider that um, and how, what our relationships are with those things now in this, in this world, we are pretty removed from them. It's very Mm -hmm. like what makes sense 
what's your plan? <laughs> How are you going to make sure you have control over all of these? You know, like it's the way we move through the world is very head-based. It's very masculine-based. It's like linear, logical, rational, practical. Um, and we're missing out on, I would say not even half of our experience, most of our experience when we're rejecting those three languages of hers, the emotion, the sensation, and the intuition. And so and especially as we are these like spiritual beings in these bodies, right? We're not just here. I talk about this a lot. We're not just here to be a part of a machine and like come and do and produce and do the things that make sense. Like we're, if we, I assume if they're listening to your podcast and we're here, they know that we're here to like bring something really special to this world or be yeah. something unique in this world or, or that we're just, we are bigger than just an accident here, you know, and whiling away the time till we die and then you know next or who knows maybe not next or whatever but I you know if they're if they're listening to this podcast I assume your people know that and feel really deeply in them that there's something bigger mm -hmm. if we're going to be bringing through something bigger if we're going to be bringing through our soul or something higher something divine if we're going to be having the experience that's not just this practical lifetime of production and following other people's templates, then we have to be willing to speak her languages and not just speak her languages. This is where we want the masculine to come in. We have to be willing to like, he's our free will. He's our decisiveness. He's our, our courage, really like the will to listen and uphold and, and trust things that we can't prove that we understand in a deeper form of our wisdom that comes from her, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I'm like talking to my left over here because that's the feminine yes. <laughs> side for me and the right is our masculine. If people are watching and wondering why I'm doing this, but, um, and so it's literally, again, kind of coming back to that metaphor of, of running the race or even going on a walk, like having, you know, both sides of those enabling our, us to walk our path. Like that's, that's the point is we want them to, she's kind of the navigator, if you will. She's, she's how we know where to move next. And then he's the one who's, who uh, decides how to do that or who upholds that or who chooses uh, to take action for that. Cause sometimes the things that she's going to call us into don't make sense or they're scary or they're beyond what we understand <laughs> or things like that. Yeah. So this part I want to ask you about too, because I think these terms we hear about commonly divine feminine and divine masculine. And I think for the most part, we all kind of know what falls under those archetypes, but you are very, um, it's, you tend to put emphasis on like this ancient wisdom of the feminine. And you even talk about the primordial feminine. So could you talk a little bit about what the primordial feminine is? And then again, like what did this enliven in you? Like even personally, how did this, um, bring any new texture understanding yeah. into your own journey. Yeah. Um, and I think just to speak to the first thing you mentioned, like the idea that we kind of all understand what they're about, what these energies are about. I feel like that's one of the misconceptions though, too. Like a lot of times people think that there's something to do with what we wear or the hobbies that we have or anything like that. And they're that she's, they both are so much deeper than just kind of our surface expressions, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. They're really yeah. about the energetics underneath. Um, it's, it's like, if you were to imagine what you do is, is neither, well, at least for the most part is neither feminine nor masculine, but it's, it's the energy underneath, like the why that you're doing them or, or um, how you're doing them or, or the energy you're choosing them from. And that kind of thing is, is more of what we're talking about. Um, so I feel like that's one of the misconceptions as well. Um, and so, the, where the primordial feminine comes in is, is in this work, I don't work with just, well, there's a couple of different layers. <laughs> the first is that there are, um, in the feminine and masculine, it's not so simple to kind of just be speaking about feminine and masculine. It really is that they have a couple of aspects themselves, meaning there's a sacred feminine and the wounded feminine, there's the sacred masculine and the wounded masculine. And so part of this work is it gets very quantum. We get like really underneath all these energetics so that we can understand it's not just about being in the feminine and it's not even just about being in the feminine and masculine. It's about which of their aspects, which of their essences are we really operating within so that we can come into, like we said, like the, their purest and truest forms because that's how we create the harmony. But it's not even just about them either. 
it's, I work with what I call an archetypal Trinity here. So it's the feminine, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, and then creator archetype, or I call it primordial feminine as well. And the reason for that is it's kind of, um, um, if you imagine just from an archetypal perspective, um, creation being this allness and nothingness, chaos and void, you know, before there was anything or something, it's, it was this primordial soup. Um, and, and, um, that's what I consider to be the creator archetype or the primordial feminine. And I consider so her kind of be- like a Sophia type of energy more in that lane. I believe so. Like I'm not as, as fluent in, in a lot of the kind of, um, other archetypal expressions. Cause I focus mm-hmm. so much on these kind of original three. Um, but I've been told that quite a bit, that there's a lot of Sophianic kind of, um, yeah, uh, it comes from Gnostic teachings. Yeah. You should look it up. Yeah. yeah. It may resonate, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I did, but I didn't, I didn't like, it didn't stick in my brain. So it, I was like, oh, yeah, it totally <laughs> sounds like what I do. <laughs> um, but that's the gist. And I consider her to be feminine, the creator archetype or primordial feminine, because it is so full of it's amorphic, you know, and it, and there's, mm-hmm. um, it's fluid and it's full of the unknown. It's the mystery. And that's why I consider it to be like the feminine mysteries and why I teach a mystery school. Um, and so the reason I find that's really important is because the, it's kind of, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's almost like this triangulation, you know, like where, where, um, you have a lot more accuracy when you have three points of information than you do if you just have one or if you just have right. two, if that makes sense. And so when we're working with the feminine and masculine energies and the creator archetype or the primordial feminine, then we're much more readily and easily kind of making sure, ensuring that we're operating in their sacred forms. And what I love about it is that it's like this zipper effect where like when we're operating in this archetypal trinity, then kind of everything else that comes from you know, below at like farther expressions of these archetypes is also in alignment. They're just like kind of zipping into alignment, if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. And, you know, going back to, I think, um, because you talk about the, the sacred aspects of both of these energies, but then also the wounding within them. I think it's interesting that a lot of times we don't even recognize how the wounds that we may carry well one we may not even recognize the wounds that we carry but even if we do we may not recognize the way that it um keeps us out of alignment with understanding the purity of these energies so say for example like say if someone and you have a hard time with this being comfortable with emotion you may not recognize how impactful that is, not just in the way that you're operating out in the world, but again, like your relationship with you, or if you are someone that struggles with trusting your action to take. So you're kind of, you know, you're hesitant or always doubting how you act or how you do. Yeah, it will have an effect on your outer world. But what is that doing to you internally, right? So yeah, I think it's a, um, very interesting thing to examine and to understand for our wholeness Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people may not realize because they may think like I'm not interested in the feminine or the masculine but again like that disassociation from yes well it is what we are but how these energies again they uh, anyway we go down a whole rabbit hole with you and that like I love it I love it. No. And I think it's really important because I, I, the, the resistance that we have to even talking about these energies as feminine Mm -hmm. and masculine, it's like, why can't you call them something else? Well, you could, you could call them blue and orange if you want to, but, but there's, there's an energetic piece in this. That's like the rejection that we have, or the, the temptation we have to reject even the terms is Mm -hmm. so you can see how that comes from our conditioning to reject the feminine, right? Like, but I don't want to, because that's, that's uncomfortable. Or this idea that, that there's a separation between these two things. When we have both of them, I actually find it really, really healing um, when we can talk about feminine and masculine without feeling resistance to it because we do carry both. And I feel like some of the resistance we have to talking about feminine and masculine comes from the kind of conditioning around gender that we've had, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. The other thing I wanted to say really fast though, too, was, oh, um, a lot of women come to find this work because they maybe have explored some of the feminine and masculine work or the, just the feminine perhaps, and they can just feel something's missing. There's a templatizing that a lot of people do around this, that, that when women start 
start kind of finding themselves exploring the feminine, they start feeling like, yeah, part of this feels really good. Part of this feels really like, oh, pleasure and all this ease and receiving and all of this great stuff. And it's true. That's what, you know, some of the things that she embodies, but they find that there's something they feel like it's not whole. They feel like they're rejecting a part of themselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest gifts. I kind of wanted to go back to this. Cause you asked like, what was the, te- how did the texture change when I started receiving the, the information from my guides around this? And it really was, there's a wholeness here. And so I love that you use that word. There's a wholeness here in these, in these archetypes, um, where it makes it a little more confusing and full of paradox, but that's why mystery school as well. That's why it's so powerful, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, um, there's a wholeness here where no part of you is, is left out to dry. No part of you is wrong. No part of you is left out of the equation. And you kind of can only be doing things this way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else here that I wanted to share too. Oh, and that's part of the reason that we, that this work also has a shamanic, um, um, aspect to it as well is because there's a, um, a, a retrieval of parts of ourselves that we have tended to want to kind of push away. Typically those are parts of us that have been, uh, that I would consider to be parts of our, of our feminine. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's a really very much about reholing here more than anything in reunion. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I'm thinking of in the background, like in my own life, right? Like I was raised by um, a single parent, just my uh, mother, but my family in of itself is like just pretty much all women. Right. Mm -hmm. But they, they do have pretty interesting balance of what many would consider like a masculine type of energy in that expression. But Sometimes I think even one of these energies, the the even the archetype, right or wrong, whether it's the healthy version or the unhealthy version, a lot of us just may not have exposure to that energy too. So there's there's like so many different reasons of why we may not be familiar with these aspects, especially if they weren't mirrored to us in any particular yeah. way. Like so it could be they were mirrored unhealthy, or it could have just been there was no mirror period right yeah Yeah. so it it is very interesting to um think about like just the accepting of sticking your toe in that pool of possibility of like it would seem like is it do you have to go through like if someone comes into your mystery school is there this process of deconstructing the stories that has to happen for people to be able to accept or even move into the possibility of like this higher version or higher understanding of these energies? Or is it just like a, thank God, oh, we were wrong. Like, what is that like for people? It's a bit of both. Um, It's there definitely, there's something I talk about and I talk about it a little bit. I had to describe this to somebody else recently as well to kind of explain what I meant by this. that I, there's a little bit of a scrambling that happens here when you enter on the mystery schools where on purpose that it's kind of scrambling our brains a little bit. And I had to kind of clarify that because it sounds a little bit, I don't know, scary. Maybe <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that kind of flippantly. There's nothing that's really like, um, you know, scary about the process. It's really just that we, we have to get, we have to get down into our lower our lower wisdom than just up in here. And so part of it, that some of the, of what happens in the mystery schools is there's such a transmission that I'm sure that there's like stuff happening for some of your listeners too, right now, which is, you know, what is she even talking about? I have this happen all the time. Like, I don't fully understand what you're saying, but there's something happening in me. I like, I feel something going on. I maybe like I've had women tell me they feel something happening in their womb space or just energetically, they can feel some sort of resonance kind of like I experienced when I first first found some of this like mythic archetypal work. Um, Mm -hmm. there's just like a a recognition that happens, um, that you can't quite explain or you can't put words to or something like that. So that happens a lot, but there's a lot of, it really depends on, on kind of where they are in their journey. There's a lot of women who just come in and it's like, Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) Like they just kind of, it's a sigh of relief. There's, there's a, um, a deep peace and, and, um, permission in this work, especially because I, like I was saying, it really kind of brings us home to our wholeness. It brings us home to our like full remembrance of things that, that we haven't had access to before. And there's such, 
there's such a coming home feeling in that for many, mm-hmm. um, but there, it, it depends though. I feel like there are kind of like three primary levels, like I say levels, and I don't mean it in any kind of hierarchical standpoint, but someone, women come in really over masculinized and really struggling and stuck and in their heads. Um, and for them, there can be a bit of that, like scrambling experience where they might get a little confused or they might be like, I don't, I'm not fully following this, but if they let themselves kind of stay with the shamanic journeying and the teachings and the practices that I give them, it opens up. Um, there are women who come in who have been like, a lot of them are, are teachers of, of, feminine energy and like coaches and things like that. Um, or they've just been exploring for quite a bit. Um, but they can feel, like I said, they can feel something's off. Like it's either not, it's still not working, like, but I'm doing all the things. Why is it still not working? Or Mm -hmm. there's something kind of amiss in how I'm exploring feminine that I don't understand how to put my finger on. Um, they're the ones who tend to have this, like, Oh my God, thank God I found this. And then there are women who come in who are really deeply like mystics who I feel like, I don't have a whole lot I can teach them, uh, as far as, you know, um, they've been they're they're mystical teachers. They've been doing this work a lot. They're healers. They're really, you know, powerful women. Um, and I've been told they come in for what I call like a frequency bath, which is just, it, they come in and receive, and it opens something for them. It's really not about me coaching them or teach, you know what I'm saying? They, they yeah. hear some remembrances for themselves or they, they have something unlocked within them for themselves. So all three of them are really, really powerful. And I love, um, kind of holding space for all of them, but it's different for, for every woman who comes in. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to me too. So I was going to ask, do you find that it is more people that identify as women that are called to this or, are there people that identify as men that just recognize, like, I don't know about my relationship to the feminine, whether it's, whether it's propelled by their externalized relationships and they recognize, like, I really don't understand this energy or they recognize it just, you know, as part of their own being. Do you find that they come in as well or is it hasn't been primarily women and people who identify as women who feel called to it? Yeah. For now it's just been, um, women and those who identify as women, um, I have had little nudges that there might be a men's course at some point, but right now it really is just, um, kind of the, the circle of women. Um, I do find that there's some really deep sisterhood stuff that gets healed in the space as well, or triggers that come up because you're in space with other women and and things like that. But we get to find, we get to find healing and, and, uh, connect. She's all about connection, right? She's all about connecting and beautifying and, and depth and intimacy and all of that good stuff. So, um, a lot of different layers. I mean, it really is this, one of the things, one of my clients this year in golden goddess reflected to me was that she's like, I loved that. I didn't have to choose a course. I didn't have to kind of work on my business or work on my relationship or work on my spirituality or like, she didn't have to pick. She, Mm -hmm. this is such a whole life, like whole experience, whole paradigm um, transformation. And she's like, I love that I could bring anything here. And it's, there's some, a way to open into it farther. Well, I want to ask you about this now too, because we, you and I have been um, talking about <laughs> kind of, you know, maybe people listening are like, what is this they're talking about this mm-hmm. golden goddess. So you do have this golden goddess mystery school. And in this people get to learn a lot of what it is that you've already shared. So could you talk a little bit about what the golden goddess mystery school is? And then, but before you go into those specifics, can you just, um, help people understand what just a mystery school is because some people are unfamiliar with that term. Yeah. So for me, the mystery is there's a couple of different like layers um, to it. One is, you know, traditionally, historically, I guess, um, you know, there were mystery schools that were the, the teaching and the practicing of esoteric lineages and, and, and things like that. And, and um, I think that as I understand it, the mystery term was both that it is of the esoterics, esoteric realm. So there's, there's an aspect of that. That's like beginner's mind where we're, you're not going to, it's not like, here's the memo and all the things that you need to understand of like the textbook and that kind of thing. It's always going to be guiding you into farther. There's like the more you understand, the more there is to understand kind of thing. Um, And then the other side was, I believe that it was to protect those who were teaching and learning it um, because there were some um, oppression and, and, um, and things like that danger of, of sharing those kind of teachings. Um, For me, it's, 
it's less, obviously that it's less dangerous to teach that now, but, um, it's more, uh, a couple of things, the esoteric aspect of it. So we really go into, um, like I said, the, the, the quantum energetics, kind of the, the cosmic, if you will, understanding of these archetypes and, and, and also the practical tools and, and embodiment, you know, ways that we embody them here and what that looks like in our lives and our businesses and our relationships. Um, it's also, um, working with vast unknown, right? It's working with the mysteries themselves, meaning like the, the parts of life that we, this is one of the things I feel like our rejection of the feminine has, um, uh, amounted to most severely is our forgetting of all of the invisible realms, whether that's within us or around us, it's, it's, um, reconnecting with the things that we don't get to fully understand. Like I said, the things that we don't get to control, the things that are always going to stay, um, just beyond the realm of our understanding and the realm of our knowing and the realm of our seeing, if that makes sense. Um, so there's a lot of aspects to why I, I consider this a mystery school. Um, uh, there's also the, um, the idea of it as the, the feminine mysteries, which for me, again, just is a matter of, um, these, mm, intangibles that she brings these things that we can't measure there's no measuring of your intuition there's no measuring of your emotions there's no do you know what i'm saying there's mm -hmm. um their feelings there's there are things that we have a felt knowing of rather than uh things that we can kind of plot out on a spreadsheet or in a like pros and cons list or things like that yeah yeah and it's um i was just thinking when we we're saying that you actually have it as an acronym of she sacred harmonics energetics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about that too, but for people interested in this, how long is the program? Is it a specified amount of time or is it like an ongoing thing that people can stay with? Yeah, it's a specified amount of time. So I have, I have two golden goddess is the signature ones where we go the deepest, um, two mystery schools is where golden goddess is where we go the deepest and really go into all of this, um, archetypal Trinity and the understandings of the feminine and masculine in their sacred forms versus their wounded and really kind of getting a handle on what that looks like, what that feels like, how we live into those instead of, and, and why it even bothers, you know, why it matters and all of that. Um, and then the creator and promote primordial uh, feminine archetype as well. Um, uh, and we also do shamanic journeying on every call and we really tap into our, uh, our feminine in many different layers um, and kind of weave together all of the understandings of all of these, of these teachings and principles. Um, and it's a year, both of them are a year long. The spiral is my mini mystery school. And it's just kind of, um, it's a really beautiful journey. It's a little lighter. So it's kind of, if anybody wants to, maybe they're on their way into golden goddess, you know, soon, or maybe they just want to kind of start with some more, um, bite-sized experiences rather than golden goddess is very immersive. Um, yeah. but both of them are a year long. Okay. Well, I have to ask you that this as well, because it just came back to mind how at the start, you said a lot of this really cracked open for you because you had, you know, this very challenging, uh, marriage and some challenging relationships that followed. And you felt like there was just something off, something missing. Um, I remember reading on your site, you even said everything kept feeling like almost in life. I was yeah. like, oh, that's an interesting way to, yeah, can um, understand that. But so once you started doing this work, beyond just the changes that you started to recognize in you and like um, perhaps, even, you know, your own inner healing and understanding and acceptance, all of the things that could occur, how did that then make an impact on your externalized relationships did you notice a shift in that as well oh everywhere in my life and that's I yeah. feel like why this is it's been one of those challenging things for me as far as like from like a talking about this work kind of perspective because it's I can't just tell you this is like the one kind of result that you get it, it would be yep. so nice if I could um, <laughs> but that's why I call golden goddess a destiny accelerator because it literally is and why I'm kind of really coming to terms with the fact that this is all about our soul calling this, this work is, is kind of repatterning our internals, you know, our internal energetics and emotion body and, 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 and like our, our inner worlds with the outer worlds that we can feel calling us, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that we're, we're aligning with them more powerfully. And so that we're like, not swimming upstream so much and not bumping our heads against the things that are, are feeling stuck or where we're struggling and things like that. So everything opened up for me. I mean, I didn't, 
I really was just kind of like a corporate America, you know, like yeah. had a job and had another job and like tried to figure <laughs> I really didn't think that, that I had a true like work calling or a work purpose or something like that. I just was like, well, maybe that's just not my lot in life this time around. And, and, um, and I found it through this, like the, it opened mm-hmm. up for me through this in ways that I, I wasn't looking for it. And so that shifted. I also met my partner, um, right around the time I was starting to do this work. Um, sorry, right around the time when I started exploring this work and then mm-hmm. uh, I had my spiritual awakening, like few years into our relationship. And it was like, went from the, I'm like, he started dating one woman and I feel like he now is dating a different, you know, like he's now in a relationship <laughs> yeah. with somebody else. <laughs> was a totally new person. Um, but everything shifted. I mean, my, I didn't think I was intuitive before I had my spiritual awakening, like everything opened. And that's why I consider there to be such a, like four real pillars to this work. It's like my, my work life changed. I built my business only on soul guidance and feminine energy. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, my relationship has deepened and I've healed patterns within me that I gained from my merit, right. That I picked up from my marriage, painful patterns and traumas and things like that. But we've also gotten closer through doing this work. Um, my intuition cracked open, uh, when I didn't really know that I had any, (laughs) um, and personal power, uh, like just the things that I've chosen to do and the, the courage that I've had and the, the willingness that I've had to follow the guidance that I've gotten from my soul, because some of it's been very edgy. Uh, um, and so the personal power, the moving through fears and moving through my own personal um, patterns of self-doubt or self-judgment or all of those things, they've all become, and it's not like I'm done. Like the work mm-hmm. is always ongoing because it's endless and it's infinite and it's the mystery and there's always going to be more for me to find, but um, I'm not the same human I was before I found this work and yeah. in, in all the best kinds of ways. Yeah, that's really beautiful. <laughs> the way to put it, I'm not the same human. Um, but with that too, I mean, I think one of the beautiful things is you do have offerings for people who may, you know, feel like, yes, this is resonating with me. I don't fully understand. Yes, this is resonating with me. I still have some questions. You actually have free offers for people. Mm-hmm. Um, very specifically, you have one called from tantrum to tantra. So if you could tell us a little bit about what anyone could learn in accessing that, but then you also mentioned how this changed your path in terms of career and you have another free offer called pure medicine for entrepreneurs. So could you share a little bit about what each are about? Yeah. And I want to mention too, just really briefly that like, um, this is why I have kind of three tiers of the mystery school experience where women can enter in. There's the inner sanctuary. That's, that's a really like a taste and you can come in for a couple months and you can leave if you want, if you're not ready for a year. Um, but one of my favorite things about the spiral right now is if you want to come into a mystery school experience, um, a fuller experience, Uh, you can actually apply most of your tuition to golden goddess. If you decide to join the following year, which is really Mm. beautiful way to kind of like invite them into the ceremonial room, if you will. And like, and then if they're ready to go deeper, they can, um, from tantrum to tantra, the two free offerings I have, and there's actually going to be a third free offering coming soon. Um, from tantrum to tantra is really a beautiful experience of kind of just getting to understand the feminine herself, uh, really like what I'm even talking about, like what that looks like, what her energetics are. Um, there's a shamanic journey. There's some teachings and principles. There's a, an embodiment practice that you can take with you. Um, and it really is kind of just giving, getting you a a clearer understanding and a kind of somatic understanding of what she's like and how she Mm -hmm. feels, um, and why she's important and all that good stuff. Um, the one that's coming is actually going to be, uh, the, the she that you mentioned earlier, the sacred harmonic energetics, it's going to be going into a little bit more of the, the quantum understanding of, of the feminine and masculine and, and creator archetype or primordial feminine, um, and giving you a really good look at to like where that actually came from and, and things like that. So that's for people who really love the quantum energetics, or maybe who have been doing some of the feminine already and want to go a little deeper. Um, and then pure medicine is a free masterclass specifically for entrepreneurs, um, really for those who are kind of like the thought leaders, you know, or who feel like they're here. And I think we talked about this in the beginning, uh, before we started recording that, like the, a lot of the people who are drawn to your podcast are the ones who feel like they have something important and meaningful to bring through that. It's not just be an entrepreneur for being an entrepreneur's sake or, that there's there for me, they're like the ones bringing through something sacred, something higher, something 
change worthy, you know, something here to kind of like change the world or heal the world in some way. Um, pure medicine is really about how we can allow ourselves to be supportive and allow ourselves to learn from mentors and other coaches and teachers and things like that without getting our soul work muddied in theirs or without kind of losing ourselves in what we're learning without, um, even accidentally taking on the frequency or the voice of somebody else. So I find that so important in, uh, in both really tuning into kind of the, the work that wants to come through you, but also in marketing when we're sounding like somebody else or bringing through somebody else's kind of perspectives or energies or frequencies or whatever, we're not quite as magnetic, if that makes sense. So it's really, Mm -hmm. it's also for people who are teachers and, and, um, mentors and coaches and things like that, who maybe have had people steal their work before or have copied their work. And they're trying to figure out how they can teach um, and, and, and yet support their students in maintaining their own voice. So there's, um, some principles and and teachings around this downloads that I received around it, but also some really kind of, um, practical ways to implement as well. Yeah. So all of this, right. From the mystery school and even accessing and downloading, like all of this, I mean, it sounds like they get a lot of understanding, clear picture about the work, but also some personal benefit from accessing the free tools. And mm-hmm. all of it can be found at the primordial, not the just primordialfeminine.com. Um, but I wanted to also ask you, how can people find you on social media? Because I know a lot of people now that's like one of the first stops that they go to. So what are the best places to learn more about your work. Yeah. They can also go to heather allisoncom with two L's if that's easier for people. Like I know it's primordial is like, what's that word sometimes? <laughs> um, but yeah, on Instagram, I'm uh I uh I am Heather Allison. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm it's I am Heather B. Allison, B as in boy, but both of Okay. Those, yeah. Yeah. And I'll make sure to put both of those down in the show description. And I'm really glad that you came again, so we can have this conversation, because I think it is something that has become a hot topic over these years, like a lot of talk about the divine feminine and the sacred feminine and all of these um, things. But again, usually from that lens of like what is commonly thought of as, you know, the definition of that, and what that essence is, and maybe not necessarily going deeper than that. So yeah, so it's really interesting, uh, this work that is coming through for you and how it can help people find balance and harmony just within themselves. So I thank you so much for coming to share with us today, Heather. And for everyone listening, of course, you can learn more about Heather and her work. Go to primordialfeminine.com or I am Heather Allison on Instagram. And all of that will be down in the show description. So thank you for coming today, my love. Thank you so much. It was so fun to be here. Thank you. Hello, beautiful alchemist. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Heather Allison. And I want to thank her again for coming to share with us here on Reiki Radio. If you want to learn more about Heather and her work, be sure to visit her website, primordialfeminine.com, or you can find her on Instagram at I am Heather Allison. The links to connect with Heather are down in the show description. And if you want to access her free gifts or join her Golden Goddess Mystery School, all of that information can be found on her website. So I'm so thankful for your presence. Just a reminder, don't forget to go to the energeticalchemist.com, sign up for the Reiki Rays Healing Summit, and get your copy of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle Deck. That is it for this week. And I will see you all next time. Remember to always journey in love.